2: I'm Tom Perumian, KTSA News. A nice day out there today, huh? I'm just checking to see if you're listening. You're listening, but are you paying attention? How's this for a little straight news? I'm going to read you right from the Associated Press about the impeachment vote last night. Associated Press, Dateline Washington. The House on Wednesday authorized the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden with every Republican rallying behind the politically charged process, despite lingering concerns among some that the investigation has yet to produce any evidence of misconduct by the president. It's a very long lead, AP. So I'm going to take points off for that. Uh, by my count, they don't even get halfway through the graph before they start in with the It's a politically charged process. Lingering concerns. No evidence. The 221 to 212 party line vote put the entire House Republican Conference on record in support of an impeachment process. Blah, 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 blah. And then it says uh, they're doing the Axios thing. Here's what it means. What is an impeachment inquiry? Like we don't, like who now would not know? Impeachment? Heard that word before they tell you what it is. Then they, uh, their next FAQ. Why are Republicans pursuing it against Biden? Here's their answer Associated Press since gaining the House majority in January. House Republicans have aggressively investigated Biden and his son Hunter, claiming without evidence that they engaged in an influence peddling scheme. Claiming without evidence, there's no evidence. We don't know what they're talking about. What is this, the Loch Ness Monster? What are you talking about? Now, I understand when Democrats say that, it's a, it's a talking point. But this is a news story. Biden came out yesterday and did his whole, instead of helping the American people make their lives better, they're just focused on attacking me. And... You know, the thing about, I, I noticed this with Hunter Biden's uh, statement, you know, as well. They throw everything out there. It's, nothing is ever their fault. Nothing is ever their doing. Um, we had to elect Biden to fix the country and heal its soul. But now that we have all these problems, and now that he hasn't solved any of them, it's the fault of the Republicans. But wait a minute, Joe. We gave you 81 million votes. We gave you more votes than anyone ever got in history. You're the president. Your party controls the Congress. Well, the Senate anyway. Uh, and the House until recently. But now, the reason nothing is getting done, the reason Israel's being attacked by terrorists, the reason uh, there's inflation, Ukraine, it's because these Republicans just won't do anything but attack me. They just want to get me. And I noticed that the media coverage last night it was like a you know, it was like a, a memo had gone out. Uh the the main talking point was that um this vote to and, and by the way, all they did was vote to initiate the process. It doesn't mean they're gonna impeach him in the House, although they probably will. It means that when it gets to the Senate it will die in the Senate as all recent impeachments have. But the theme last night was that this is revenge. That Republicans are only doing this to avenge Trump's impeachments. That they're trying to even the score. That they are motivated by a desire to return the favor. And I was listening to all this, and I had a thought, and you can tell me if I'm crazy or not. And my thought was, uh, so what if it is? So what if it is? I mean, I, I, I don't believe there is no evidence. We've discussed evidence. But what if they really are motivated by the fact that they just want to make him miserable? What if they really are motivated by the fact that they want to dirty him up the way their guy was dirtied up? I mean, you can say, well, that's not good for the country, but what they did wasn't good for the country. None of this is good for the country. And are you going to tell me that if these same people on MSNBC and CNN and ABC and NBC and the New York Times and Time and Washington Post, if if they were to uh, instead find out that Republicans decided not to go forward with impeachment because it wouldn't be good for the country or because there's been too much impeachment lately, are you going to tell me that they would have lauded that decision, that they would have they would have said, what What an act of statesmanship or restraint? No. So I don't think this is why the Republicans are doing it. I mean, I think it's why some of them are doing it, but I don't think this is generally the thrust of it. There really is evidence that these people are crooked. There is no Biden family business, okay? The business is selling access to him. They don't own real estate or banks or businesses or manufacturing. Their business is profiting off of his name. So they have like a brand, and they're spinning off stock, if you will, in that brand. And it was valuable when he was VP, and it was valuable when he was out of office because he still had uh, access to the most powerful people in the country, a name that would open a lot of doors, a name whose call would be taken all over the world, And then he got back into office, I I would say, probably unexpectedly to many of the people that bought the stock. I don't think they thought they were getting a a future Biden presidency, but they did. That made the stock more valuable than it's ever been before. That's what they're selling. That's the business. I mean, even, even the Girl Scouts have cookies. These people have nothing but influence peddling of one guy. His, you know, Biden's brother is a fat loser. His son is an arrogant drug addict. The family's a bunch of ne'er-do-wells. They'd, they'd be broke. They'd be doing a reality show on TLC if he wasn't in office. And we can all see that. But getting back to the Republicans, I don't know. Um, do pe- are people, are people supposed to be upset that it's retribution? Or do you think maybe people are at the point where retribution sounds about right? You people did Russia, Russia, Russia for four years. You you dragged the country through an election that was conducted under conditions, rules, and bylaws we've never seen before. It yielded a result that strains credulity. 81 million votes. Most votes ever by anyone for this guy who was in his basement? Corn Pop's friend? I mean, I would say that probably a lot of people think this is revenge and figure that's about par for the course. By the way, somebody looked it up, and um, in our 234 years of history, Article 2, Section 4, which is the part of the Constitution that provides for impeachment of federal officers of the United States... Because you can impeach presidents, vice presidents, uh, all civil officers in the executive branch. You can impeach judges. Um, It's been used a total of 21 times in the 234 years that we've been a country. So it isn't like rampant, but it is suddenly much more frequent a person alive today for example has probably witnessed the vast majority like 80% of the impeachments of presidents you don't have to live 234 years for that has it lost any power or 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 ability to shock people i would say it has not sure when But I noticed yesterday when they had the vote, we weren't, you didn't see the networks interrupting soap operas and, you know, (laughs) game shows and it wasn't like cars were pulling over on the side of the road to, to absorb the news. In fact, the impeachment proceedings against Joe Biden have felt like they were coming on since when? I would say at least since the withdrawal from Afghanistan. So, I'm not buying their shock and their dismay and their no evidence. And I think actually a lot of people probably figure, yeah, it is revenge. Like we, like we knew when you did this to Trump, we knew that if the Republicans got a chance, they would do it to Biden. Tell me what you think. 210 599 5555. We've talked about this lady before on our show. Michelle Wu is the mayor of Boston. She's a Democrat. She just took office. She, um, She's, you know, a, a progressive far left liberal Democrat. But I, I have to say, I, I think she's a smart person and she has a pretty incredible story. We told it on the show back when she was elected. Uh, she's from an immigrant family. Uh, they grew up in Ohio. They didn't have a lot of money. The family got sick. She deferred an admission to, I think it was Harvard or Yale. She got a, she was a very bright kid and had all these college opportunities and she deferred her college studies. To take care of uh, one of her parents became terminally ill and she took care of him and, and, or her and, and built a little business in their hometown so they could work and take care of the family. And it just, it's kind of a cool story. She's done something unbelievably weird. If you've not heard this yet, you got to hear this story. Mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu under fire for sending an invitation to an elected of color holiday party. It was uh, supposed to be last night. It was an invitation for only city officials of color to come to the Parkman House at 5.30 last night. Now, I mean, the big question that normal people would ask is why would we still be in 2023 be having segregated holiday parties? Talk about missing the point of the holidays. But why? Why why would you do it? So this hit the news and people went crazy. And um, Michelle Wu's staff came out and said, oh, a terrible mistake has been made. Listen to this. This is my favorite part of the story. A terrible mistake has been made. Um, we did not mean that to go to any white staffers. <laughs> you weren't supposed to know. So so that the the scandal was white people got this email and we're like, What the heck is going on here? It's like, Oh, we didn't mean to send that to you. That they think that's the mistake that they gave the email too wide a distribution. This email should not offend anyone. Uh, but we're sorry for the confusion. Why not just invite everybody? It, it was for the city council and staff. Um I don't know how many counselors there are in Boston, but you know, it was it was it was for it was for her colleagues, but only her colleagues of color. And you think to yourself, I don't know if you know anything about Boston. Boston has a race problem. Boston has had maybe as much of a race problem as any any major city in the in, in the United States you think of the south but boston had i think had it worse and it was notorious when i was growing up there in the 70s and 80s i mean it was no it was notorious for overt racism really ugly stuff you know as the years have gone by the wounds have healed And here the city has just elected its first Asian mayor, which is extraordinary in the annals of of this city. It's been around since the 17th century. What does she do upon accepting this honor and this office and making history? She segregates the Christmas party. I just... How, how does, how does one make sense of that? And then when you get called out on it, you think your mistake was, well, we shouldn't have told the white people we were having it. We didn't mean for them to know. I mean, imagine if a white male mayor. Had issued invitations. Only white men that work for the city can come to the. We're having a. We're having a smoker. Remember they used to call them that. We're having a stag. I'm gonna bring in some girls, some cigars. Only the white men can come to the because that's
1: that's what it is. Here comes it's all. Here comes Santa right down Santa Claus's lane. and all ears of reindeer pulling on. And it and Hang your
2: and your imagine if uh, I, I realize this would never happen, but just give me, let me just enjoy myself here for a minute. Imagine if, imagine if Mayor Nirenberg had a city council Christmas party, but only uh, Manny Palayas and John Courage. <laughs> well, and Mark White, and he 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 would tell the broads on the council, "Yeah, you're not invited. We're just, just it's just, it's just the, it's just the men. It's just the white men." Um, I, I again, the the thing you would think a Michelle Wu would do is she would take the L and and say, "I don't, I I don't know what I was thinking," or blame it on some underling. You know, I fired so and so. It was her idea. And, of course, we all want everybody together under one roof, and everybody's invited. Happy holidays, everybody. But uh, but their, their defense when this hit the news and the fan was to say, we didn't mean for the whites to find out about it. The whites weren't supposed to know. Wow. Okay. Can you feel the healing? Can you feel it? Can you feel the wounds healing? 210 599 uh The mantra on impeachment is no evidence, nothing. Okay, I, I get that you're going to say that, but I think there's a lot of evidence. Whether that evidence leads to impeachment or not, I don't know. There's a lot of evidence. I find it interesting that they think they can knock this down by suggesting it is revenge because in this moment that we're in in our history I think people know it is I think people figured there would be so we'll talk about that too anyway 210-599-5555 is also a new JR poll powered by River City oral surgery let me start with Jeff on the Jack Ricardi show, Jeff, welcome to the show. Good afternoon.
3: Thank you. On the impeachment question, uh, I think that if it were, or, or it would be considered, or could be considered revenge, if it was, if the charges were unrelated to uh, to what had happened to Donald Trump, but I think that the charges that were that were levied on Donald Trump were uh, directly related to what what Biden had done. You know, when they when they, he was looking into the Ukraine, he wanted to see the corruption. You know, he he knew what was going on, and and. It was it was the corruption of, Donald, of, of Joe Biden, you know that uh, he's being he's being uh, looked into now for for the impeachment inquiry. So I think uh, you know if it were if it were revenge, I would expect that. Uh, I would probably say, you know, let it go. I think he's not going to be elected, you know, next year. Uh, don't waste time. But I think it needs to be done at least to bring out you know what what really happened. Let people know. Hey, this was you know a scam to begin with. If the
2: Republicans, if the Republicans came out and announced, we figure he's going to lose next year anyway, so we're not going to do this, they would get roasted. They would be abs. They would be barbecued by their own by their own voters. I mean that they and 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 so I I I don't know what they're going to do with this. They're probably Jeff. They're probably going to do what exactly what happened last time. It'll it'll squeak through the House it'll go down in the Senate. There'll be a ton of Republican senators that are appalled we're even doing this. How can we even do this? By the way, I love the argument that Biden and the Democrats are are using about how he's trying to get things done for the country, and you guys are weighing him down with impeachment. If that's a good argument, why wouldn't that have been a good argument against impeaching President Trump, who was presiding over a pandemic when you bozos impeached him twice, so I'm just thinking, like out loud, maybe you'd not want to use that argument because if we were to apply it retroactively, and I, and by the way, it's not, it, it's not, I think, a very good argument. Anyhow, presidents can still president while Congress is holding an impeachment. It's not like it it ties them down. But, but if that is your argument or one of them, then wasn't it? highly uh, irresponsible to tie down Trump Yeah, it, it, so I, I don't know that this means much to most people other than if the Republicans had flinched against doing it uh, they know we would have been very very mad at them and we already are very very mad at them you know they, they know they know that when it comes to people like you and me we are we are out of F's to give for them. We are tired of their excuses. We're tired of their failure to to launch. We're tired of their uh, you know namby pamby rhinoism. We're tired of of uh, the fact that they listen to and take advice from uh, people that want them to fail. We're tired of Ronna McDaniel. We're tired of of the debates and the way the debates have been conducted. And. Um, you know, I I think they're doing this in part just to keep us off their back, which is fine.
1: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten listening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow it's beginning to look a lot like christmas there there is bing crosby another man not, not
2: invited to the christmas party <laughs> on the outside looking in so uh we're talking about the boston mayor in hot water over uh, throwing a segregated electeds of color holiday party. Uh, And when outed, Mayor Michelle Wu's staff uh, said, sorry that we sent it to white staffers. I'm paraphrasing. They weren't supposed to know. We're, We're not sorry for having it. We're sorry that we showed our cards by the way somebody told me that um I didn't know this that her husband uh Michelle Wu's husband is a um white guy uh he is his name is Connor Pawarski. he's of Irish Polish and Italian extraction and apparently he also will not be <laughs> attending the party can't can't go with his wife um it's just it, you know i was saying to somebody earlier today I I almost think sometimes, and I'm not putting this on everybody, I don't think this of, of even most people, but there's a kind of person in whatever group, whether it's black, Hispanic, gay, a, a, name any group that has a history of not getting its fair shake at one time or at one place. There's a kind of person who festers on that and waits their turn and waits for the moment when they can take whatever pain or unfairness was inflicted on them and stick it to somebody else. I don't think that's a majority of any, any group. I'm not, I don't presume it about people. But there is a kind of person who thinks, now that we've made it, they're going to feel our pain. We'll show them. And it feels good to them to do that. I mean, most people, when you throw a party, if you're having a party at your house, you hope people will come. You, The, 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 the definition of success is people come to the party. I want the people I've asked to come. But there is a kind of person whose satisfaction, whose enjoyment is derived from knowing who's not there, from knowing that they have excluded this and this and this and this person. And and by the way, probably um, in that sense, you have to send it to everybody. You've got to make sure that the whites know they can't come. 210-599-5555. So we'll talk about that. Um, by the way, Boston is also one of the cities that is considering, uh, granting, uh, voting status to illegal immigrants in local elections. And there's a majority on the city council that has already initialed, uh, that initiative. So that may happen. They talked about it last week on the council and the mayor's for it. And this is something that's happening around the country where it's, it's only for the local elections but it essentially registers illegal immigrants to vote. Once they are in the system and voting in local elections, as far as I'm concerned, it's just a baby step to everything else. But keep that in mind as you think about this story. And Wayne is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Wayne, good afternoon.
4: Hey, Jack. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Wayne. Hey, you know... uh, (laughs) It's very interesting. I'm old enough to remember the Civil, World, Civil Rights Act of 1964. And, you know, as a country, we had made all kind of strides in, a, in basically eliminating a lot of racism and stuff. But when they elected Obama, it was such a disappointment. I believe that man moved us back 100 years.
2: Yeah, I think he did move us back. I think he had an opportunity... Um... not only an opportunity, but do you remember how he kind of came onto the national scene, Wayne, before he ran for president? Do you remember he gave a speech when he was just a candidate for the Senate? Nobody knew who he was. He gave that speech at the Democratic convention that nominated Kerry, and it was about how there shouldn't be white and black and red and blue. There should just be one America. And, you know, a lot of people who didn't know anything about his background or his politics looked at that and thought, well... We've been waiting our whole lives to hear a young black man say exactly that.
4: Yes, absolutely. And but and
2: then he, he didn't do it. So and he money. he clearly never believed it.
4: Right, exactly. He he could he could have moved us so far forward, it would be unbelievable.
2: I think to me, if now that you mention it, and I hadn't thought of this before, Barack Obama's presidency was kind of like Michelle Wu's christmas party (laughs) it was it was you know it was it was an eight year it was an eight year christmas party it was an eight year it was eight years of taking out grievances and um evening evening scores that's that's a great great observation wayne thank you thank you for the call i want to play this for you because i think it's interesting uh this is a lady named Teresa haley She's the president of the NAACP for Illinois, and this has gotten some controversy for her. Now, just as background, you know that Chicago's a sanctuary city, and Chicago and Illinois are being hit hard by the relocation of illegal immigrants. And the relocation of illegal immigrants in our major American cities is not only a city-wide problem, but it's a particular problem for anyone who was previously considered, you know, like vulnerable or on public aid. So this is where Teresa Haley's interest in this uh, comes from. She's, she's angry, and a lot of black leaders in cities like Chicago and New York are angry about the sudden not only the sudden resources and shifting of resources to these illegal immigrants, but that it takes away from things that were previously promised to or being done for uh, the black citizens who are actually American citizens in these cities. So with that as a background, listen to uh, some videotaped comments uh, at a conference with the president of the NAACP, Teresa Haley. Listen to this, cut number two.
5: Average 10 to 15,000 a day. So they're up to about 80,000 immigrants on the west side of Chicago and the south side, where they're dumping them off in parks, um, abandoned schools, and finding every apartment that they can find to put them in. People are even renting out abandoned buildings and allowing them to live up in there. That's inhumane because they don't have the sewage, the plumbing, the draining. But to get them off the streets, they're just housing them everywhere. And you have homeless folks who they didn't offer to put anywhere or provide a meal to. But once you agree to take that funding, that federal funding, they're bringing them to you. So Springfield, Peoria, Bloomington, Kankakee, the rest of us, just get ready if you declared yourself to be a safe haven or a safe place for immigrants to come because they are shopping around and the busloads are coming and we're seeing families on the street and we're like, oh, my God, we're not used to seeing families on the streets, but Black people have been on the streets forever and ever and nobody cares because they say that we're drug addicts. We got mental health issues, but these immigrants have come over here, they've been raping people, they've been breaking into homes, they're like savages as well. They don't speak the language and they look at us like we were crazy because we were the only people in america who were brought over here against our wills and were slaves sold into slavery but everybody everybody else who comes over here we, we're so kind we're so friendly you need some clothes you need a place to stay we're going to make it happen so brother i feel your pain i'm right there with you i'm trying not to be but you know I'm pro-black, so it's all about it's all about us people and NAACP. What do those letters mean to you?
2: All right, so you get the idea. They're raping people and they're savages. Wow. Um, the last time I heard those words, they were put in the mouth of Donald Trump. Who didn't Who didn't actually say them, But she did. Now. It gets better. This lady might have a job with the Michelle Wu administration because when they can, when one of the TV stations in Chicago called her up, she was on vacation in Dubai. I'll, I'll leave that to you. I'm not even going to go there. She was, she was on vacation in Dubai. She, uh, they call her up, uh, yeah, uh, this is Channel 7 News. Um, like to get your, uh, your comments, uh, people are reacting to your uh, what you said. I didn't say that. I never said, they read her some quotes, I never said any of those things. You're making that up, she told them. And then they said, well, we have a video. Now, remember how in the old days, when you had the politician on video, that was it, right? Remember like Marion Barry in the hotel room with the cocaine or... You know, some crooked congressman from the Midwest taking cash or just something, right? When you had him on video, you had him. That was it. Hand in the cookie jar. Story over. You know what she said? Well, with AI, anything's possible. She's no dummy. That's going to be the new defense. We're going to have politicians on video. We're going to have them doing all kinds of things to all kinds of people, right? And they're gonna go oh, a i that Elon musk that bastard yeah i I don't know I don't know where you got this it's not me it's a i so um there's a lot to dislike in what Teresa Haley says there's a lot of uh grievance peddling. but I will say this about her I will say this about her in a very ugly uh and sort of Blunt way, what she is saying is what a lot of people say. Why is it that our politicians today are in a bigger hurry to help people who just got here and have no legal status being here over the homeless veteran? Over. The guy that's been on the street for years or the family that's living in a car or whatever. I mean, you can, you can talk to me all day long about how you don't like welfare. You don't like handouts, but we do them. Shouldn't we, at least if we're doing them, be doing them for people who are here, who are our fellow Americans first and whatever is left over. If you want to share that with others, then fine. But that's what she's in, in her own way. That's what she's saying. And it's very interesting to hear somebody like the president of the Illinois chapter of the NAACP say that. Because she is right smack dab in the middle of the base of the politicians that are doing it. She's she's not complaining about something being done by people she would have never supported or she's always opposed. She's complaining about the people she and her organization vote for and and fun
1: jingle bell jingle bell jingle bell rock jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring snowing and blowing up bushels of fun now the jingle hop has begun jingle bell all right jingle coming up in bell,
2: about ten minutes we're gonna go to our court of appeals on this show the judge, Steve Hillbig, will join us. We gotta talk a little impeachment. We gotta talk a little Hunter. Little this, little that. Maybe even a little Michelle Wu. Uh, so anyway, uh, he's on our show. You can join the show at 210-599-5555. And Roy is on the Jack Riccardi show. Hi, Roy.
3: Hello. How are you today?
2: Good. Thank you, sir.
3: Yeah. I wanted to say that, uh, the citizens of Boston should have a Tea Party and impeach that woo lady right away.
6: And the idea about being in the country due to our birthright citizenship, those ain't been in the third and probably socialist voters after.
2: Now, I'm sorry, Roy, I'm sorry. You're, you're breaking up on me, Roy. I apologize. I just, I can't hear most of what you're saying, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know how unpopular what she did is in in that city because I mean they just elected her. Um, you got to remember that what we will look at here and go how outrageous in a blue Democratic run city probably makes all kinds of sense to them. But but yeah, I mean you're right. The the two political parties at this point, not just the Democrats, both parties are like Jenga stacks. They're made up of groups of people with issues or demands or grievances or what have you. And both parties are balancing acts. Both parties are trying to keep the Jenga pile that is their base or their groups from toppling over. And I think what's happened with the Democrats is this sanctuary city thing combined with Biden's open borders has, is, is about to topple their Jenga stack. This is one too many groups for them to appease. All of a sudden, people they thought they had locked away and happy and, and, and locked down, I don't mean locked away, but like locked down, like black voters, Hispanic voters, all of a sudden they're very unhappy. And they don't like the accommodation of illegal immigrants in their community, and they don't like being told to wait in line behind them, and they don't like the, the crime and the other issues that's associated with those Sanctuary cities, and, and the Democrats are are all of a sudden realizing they've made their stack too tall or too wobbly. We'll see what happens. We're we're about to find out, right? Well, we're going to start this hour with uh, a good guest. We always love having back on the show. He is the former Bear County District Attorney and retired judge and uh, longtime uh, panelist on Gang of Four, uh, Steve Hildbig. Judge, welcome back. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the show.
0: Well, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for the kind words, and I always am happy to be on the show. Thank you.
2: And I hope you will still feel that way after being on today.
0: Try not to ruin that. (laughs) I said you as well by my answers, but go ahead.
2: (laughs) Um, So I'm going to start with one that's sort of uh, big picture. Uh, We were talking about the House improving the impeachment inquiry yesterday. And the, you know, predictable talking points from both sides in the wake of that vote. And the Democrat talking points basically are that, uh, this is revenge for the Trump impeachments combined with tarnishing and, um, interfering with the ongoing work the president's doing on behalf of the American people. Um, as somebody that's been in politics and been in law and, and you know, longtime observer of all this, uh, how do you kind of, is that the best they could come up with? Is that, is that a very good response to this? Oh, and they also said, I guess the other talking point would be there is no evidence that anything wrong has happened.
0: Well, and you got to throw in Hunter's assertion that they're trying to kill him.
2: Right. Well, yeah, we'll get to Hunter He's in a minute, but I'm talking right now about the the mainly about the, <laughs> yeah, the you hunters. know process of impeaching President Biden.
0: Yeah, I, I think because the uh, we'll say the mainstream media uh, tends to protect the Democratic talking points uh, that, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be any better than that, because people will hear that mantra repeated hour after hour on TV. And gosh, it must be true. It's on TV. And, and of course, I think if they could figure out a way to hypnotize people and make them forget about all what they did when President Trump was in office, the two impeachments and so forth, uh, you know, they probably wish they could do that, but they can't. But I think that the media is going to help them with that. And, of course, any person with, uh, I hate to say half a brain, but would understand, well, come on now, what did y'all do to to, uh, President Trump, and aren't y'all being a little hypocritical uh but, I guess some people think that's a prerequisite to politics that you to be in politics you got to be a hypocrite.
2: Is it a problem for Republicans if people think yeah, it probably is revenge
0: uh yeah, to a degree because then they don't look at the facts and and so that's why i I think it's a smart move. In terms of, I don't think there's enough there to do impeachment. I think impeachment is a waste of time. But gathering evidence that you can then put out and say, well, here's all the things that he's done uh, with poor judgment at the very least, and and perhaps criminally uh, with Hunter, uh, I think that's smart to do. And I think that. Uh, Speaker Johnson got a victory when he got all the Republicans to st- uh, stay along with this. I think they were initially thinking that two might defect on him, but apparently everyone stayed with him. So I, I It's a victory if you can good. get all the
2: Republicans to agree what day of the week it is right now.
0: Yeah, that's what, so that's why it is a good victory for him. But, but what about I, the know, idea again, that if
2: you use the word impeachment and then you don't produce... You, you're saying you think it's okay if it doesn't lead to impeachment... But aren't you aren't you opening yourself up if you use the word and then you don't deliver material that is impeachment level?
0: Well, again, that's why I think you hear impeachment inquiry, impeachment inquiry, impeachment inquiry. Uh, they could say impeachment, impeachment investigation, but I think in- inquiry sounds like a little less of an investigation. Uh, and, no, I don't think just because you do an inquiry that you're – you are bound to do the impeachment because if you don't have the votes in the Senate, what's the what's the point? And to to a degree, I think that just by doing the impeachment and not and knowing that you couldn't get it past the Senate in, in terms of conviction, then to me that looks like a little more of revenge. If you're out there gathering facts, it's hard to say well you're being vengeful by gathering facts. I think okay. that's a harder sale to make.
2: The New York Times got caught editing Hunter Biden's statement outside the Capitol uh, yesterday um, when he showed up but didn't go in and, and give testimony. He said, we, we played some of it on the show uh, yesterday, he said, let me state as clearly as I can, my father was not financially involved in my business. The New York Times printed, let me state as clearly as I can, my father was not involved in my business. It's it's a constant moving, and then they put financially back in in a later uh, uh, update on their website. It's a constant moving of the goalposts, right? It, 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 they keep redefining the 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 alleged distance between father and son, but that redefining keeps getting them closer and closer together, right?
0: Yes, and and of course the New York Times, what they did was going back to our earlier. Uh, Part of the conversation is about, again, when people continue to realize and and the mainstream media proves that they can't be trusted, then hopefully their idea about, oh, this is just revenge and so forth will have less and less uh, weight to it because they do stupid things like this. I mean, there there were certainly enough other sources that had the word financial in, in Hunter's statement, it just makes the New York Times, you know, have egg on its face. And to the question you asked, of course, they keep saying, "Oh, it's almost like that Maxwell Smart um, TV show way back when." Oh, yeah. Well, would you yeah. believe this? You know, yes. I yes. say this. No, well, that can't be true. Well, would you believe this? And and I think yeah. that's what they're doing here. And and yeah. it, I think again, it shows that they have no credibility, except to the people who say, "Well, I'm going to believe whatever the." if you will the democrat party is putting out or the president's putting out.
2: Uh let me I'm going to try to move through a few things here really quickly so we can cover sure. everything with you and I appreciate the time we're talking with the retired judge and former bear DA Steve Hilbing on KTSA. Uh this morning the judge in the um election interference case against Trump Chutkin or Chutkin I guess is her name uh paused the case until the Supreme Court decides the question of Trump's presidential immunity what is your view what is your thumbnail sketch view of his immunity claim
0: it's going to be a tough one because you know there's no existing law that clearly says that Uh, there is existing law that says that he is immune from civil liability but there's nothing on the criminal side in fact there's nothing that I think specifically states uh, that he uh, should not be indicted a president cannot be indicted while in office um, so I think that it, it's uh, really going to be up to, of course, the Supreme Court as to whether or not they want to break new ground. And if they break new ground in favor of Trump, then everybody's going to say, oh, well, let's just those Trump-appointed judges are paying him mm-hmm. back. And so the problem is even if they make that uh, that decision – then it's it's not going to be widely accepted by all of America because of that the uh, Trump appointments. You know it is interesting though because all that all that so far Jack Smith uh, the special prosecutor has asked the. Supreme Court to do is to take it up the Supreme Court has told the Trump people will give us a response and, and I think the response is to whether or not we should take it up they can they can decide not to grant that expedited hearing on it let it go through the appellate court now if they do that then I'm wondering is the judge now stuck saying okay well I decided to postpone everything to hear from the Supreme Court the Supreme Court punted the decision to the intermediate court is that judge now going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about their uh, response. I'm going to go ahead and order the trial to go forward. Mm. It's discretionary with the judge, mm. but I think that the judge may have put themselves in a box or themselves in a box when they said, well, we'll postpone it to hear with the Supreme Court. Uh, that's mm. great if the Supreme Court gives an opinion, but if right. they don't and says, nope, go to the Court of Appeals, then I, I think they're going to have a hard time or that person's going to have a hard time saying, okay, well, let's go to trial now.
2: I mean, it just looks like he is going to still be on trial through the election, into 2025, who knows, maybe even beyond that, right?
0: Somewhere. It it may not be, I mean, because all all this discussion we're talking about, I, I think does not affect the Georgia trial. So he'll be in trial somewhere, but in terms of this federal case, maybe not.
2: Mm. All right. Everybody, I think, remembers uh, good old Michael Cohen, former uh, attorney for Donald Trump. And Michael Cohen was in court the other day, or his lawyers were, because he's uh, trying to have his post-prison supervision altered. Um, And in filing the appeal or the request for that, the judge has accused his attorneys of citing non-existent cases. Uh, how often does that happen?
0: Not real often. And and so what this says is that if you have a lawyer named Schwartz, uh, you better be careful. The reason I say that is that there was a different lawyer named Schwartz about a year ago, did the same thing uh, in another federal court. Uh, and the that attorney admitted that, it, that he used chat GBT, uh, to help write the, the brief, there were, I think, three false, false, uh, completely made up cases in that case, and there, that attorney was fined. Actually, there were two attorneys, and they were each fined five thousand dollars by the district judge uh, for for turning that in. Uh, and so, it doesn't happen often. And in this case, uh, what is interesting is that the original uh, attorney who prepared it and submitted it to the court is no longer. On the case, a new attorney came in, checked the work, and said, "Oh my gosh, uh, I I don't see where these cases exist." She alerted the uh, the judge, and so now the judge said, "Okay, now y'all guys are going to have to explain how you put these cases together," and uh, also asked if Michael Cohen had a, a role in putting together, uh, the motion that they submitted. So I'm, I'm just curious if, if the judge thinks, well, maybe Michael Cohn ghost wrote this for the other attorneys and the other attorneys mm-hmm. the to it.
2: Not, this, this whole thing is not a good advertisement for your, uh, for your profession. <laughs> um, well, one more quick one. Before, uh, we, we were talking about the mayor of Boston. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this story or not. She, sent out, or her staff sent out invitations to a Christmas party uh, that the city was throwing. It was at a private location, but it was a city event. But it was supposed to be invitations only for people of color. It went to a broader recipient list, and this is how it became news. Um, They are saying, we're sorry, we didn't mean to send it to the white recipients. Could she be in any kind of trouble for throwing a you know, a, a, a semi-official event for for only people of color.
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, in 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 my research, and I had to do it quickly. It, it was unclear if it was a quote unquote uh, official event or a a loose organization of uh, the. the I forget the name of it, but they, you know, in essence, like we have National Association of Latino Elected Officials. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it was an organization like that. But when you have those things
2: or if you have a, you know, an an alliance of LGBTQ people, I mean, not every attendee is LGBTQ and, and no one thinks they have to be.
0: No, I, I just think again, it shows poor judgment on her part if she says I want to have a, a party and just invite these these uh, six other elected op- officials or five other elected officials. You know, she has a right to do that. Uh, again, if you're using uh, city funds to do that, then I'd question, boy, that that's really stupid. Maybe you ought to reimburse the the city for those funds. But it it just kind of shows, again, how divided we've become. I mean, we have the San Antonio Police Officers Association, the Hispanic Police Officers Association, the Black Police Officers Association. Same thing with with the attorneys' associations, the Hispanic San Antonio or Bexar County Hispanic attorneys and that. Uh, and, And, you know, to one and you could say, okay, well, if you're more comfortable with those if, of your same ethnic group, well, then that's up to you. But I will tell you, those other groups that I mentioned, when they have parties and everything, they always invite everybody.
2: Right, and, and right. So that I, that's, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. That's a yeah, huge, that's yeah. a
2: huge, I, I've belonged to things that were, you know, ethnically based or industrially based, but but you usually kind of crave the inclusion of or the widening out of your base to other people. Um, I, I guess we can conclude that Michelle Wu is not dreaming of a white Christmas.
0: That's what someone said. And, and just real quick, on a little more serious note, in terms of if you want other people to understand your positions or your concerns or that, yeah. then the best way to do it is have a dialogue. And what better way to dialogue over you right. know, a cup of joy, right?
2: Break bread together. Judge, uh, to you and Sylvia and and your family and uh, everybody at the farm, Uh, Merry Christmas if we don't talk again before then, and thanks for the time today. We appreciate it.
0: Well, Jack, as always, thank you, and you have a Merry Christmas and all your family. Thank you. Thank
2: you. A friend of mine sent me a picture of um, a really nice wristwatch, and for... Younger listeners, um. <laughs> that's how we used to tell time. Um, anyway, I love watches. I wear watches all the time. I have a couple of nice watches. And, and he sent me this picture of this watch. And he said the company that he work I won't name the company, but he works for a, a company that he's been with for 10 years. And they gave him a watch. And which is nice, right? And is pretty rare now, I think, isn't it? When I was a kid, you would hear about, you know, your grandpa got a gold watch because he worked for the such and such company for 50 years or 40 years or whatever. Uh, companies used to give a watch upon retirement. They also used to give a pension upon retirement. Uh, they used to give various kinds of recognition for longevity of service. Of course, longevity of service itself is kind of disappearing, people jump around more or move around and companies don't retain employees as long nor do I think I, I guess our our culture just doesn't really value like staying in one place or whatever. It's it's and I'm not judging. I mean it's fine if you move around and you try out different things and you make career changes, that's fine. But I was thinking about it because I wonder how many people still get a Christmas bonus. Do you still get a Christmas bonus, do they tell you, oh, end of the year, something in your paycheck? Does your company do a Christmas party? And I don't mean, like, here's some cupcakes in the break room. I mean, like, you and your spouse are invited, get dressed up, come to a nice place, Christmas party. Uh, Does anybody get both? I, I would be shocked if there's anybody out there still doing both. Christmas party and Christmas bonus. So let's just talk about this. And I want to, if you will, if you would, wouldn't would mind sharing with me, does your company do a Christmas bonus or a company party or both or neither? That's today's River City Oral Surgery JR poll. Phone lines open. We're going to talk about it.
1: Snow it's snowing and the wind, it is blowing, but I can weather. The storm. What do I care? I must hit my storm. I've got my love to keep me warm.
2: San Antonio's News Talk Station 550 1071 KTSA. Does your company do a Christmas party, a Christmas bonus, both or neither? Today's J.R. Poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, and Paul is on the radio. Paul, good afternoon, sir.
3: Hello there. Uh, nice to speak with you.
2: Same here, same here. Do you get one or both or neither, or what's the deal?
3: Do You know, I'm blessed to, to work for a company that I get both.
2: Wow. Wow. That's very nice.
3: Yeah. Uh, don't wife. ever
2: leave, Paul.
3: No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> My wife works for a company that uh, does not give the bonus but does give a Christmas party. So in in some ways, you know, we're both very lucky.
2: That is very lucky. Um, Does your company do anything like, um, because I'm just curious too about like, do companies still do the whole, we want to honor X number of years of service or like if you're there 30 years or 40 years or does that even come up?
3: Yeah, it it does. Actually, there's a um there is a luncheon provided for I think if I'm not mistaken um like 25 years of service. So nice. when you get to, when you get to that that point in your career, there's a luncheon every year going forward.
2: Very nice, very nice. I guess I should also ask, are they hiring? No, I'm just 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 kidding. Just kidding. Paul, thank you for sharing that with us though, sir. That's, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I like to hear that because I don't know. And I'm not here to tell people how to run their business, but, um, I, I know why companies have cut back on a lot of stuff. I understand. And I, and we all know. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hark back to the 1950s or whatever, but I was thinking the other day and this just kind of popped into my head randomly. I was thinking the other day about, Oh, and, and let me just say before I blurt this out, I'm not trying to send a message to our company or anything. I, you know, but I was thinking the other day with what's happened in the job market, and you, a very common complaint these days is that companies are having a hard time retaining people, uh, finding people to work uh, when they find them, retaining them, th- their best people. Jump, you know, ship because there's a, a couple of bucks more somewhere else, or they get poached by competitors or whatever. I hear this a lot. And again, I'm no expert, but maybe we've over cleared the decks. Like maybe it's time to get back to a little more, um, showing the love because not that, not that people will stay. At a subpar situation or work for peanuts because you give them a party, but I just think maybe it's time to restore some of the stuff that the consultants and the gurus and the cost cutters said we didn't need and that they weren't. It's not part of the modern workforce and we don't need. You know, any thoughts on that? I mean, I like the the thing about giving people recognition and honoring years of service. Yeah, for some people that wouldn't matter. Like my dad was that way. He he could care less. He didn't even go to the dinner when they when they told him he was eligible for it. He didn't want to. But there are other people for whom that would mean a lot. And maybe you'd be able to keep them. And the other people seeing you on or that person would realize, hey, maybe I want to stay here. Or maybe this these are good people to work for or work with. Uh I don't know. I I feel like we've overdone it with the stripping away all the the perks. 210-599-5555. All right, does your company do a party, a bonus, both or neither? And Michael is next. Hello, Michael.
7: Okay, can you hear me?
2: I can now. Does your company do one or both, or what's the deal?
7: Well, I have... Th-
2: okay, I think we're having a little problem with Michael's line. Uh, let me try. Here's another Michael on KTSA. Michael, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm here. I heard the other Michael and I was like, is that me or not?
2: <laughs> this time it's really you. So does your company do either a party or a bonus for Christmas?
3: They do both, like the other caller said, you know, I'm blessed to be working for a good company. And uh, you know, and they also give plaques you know, for the ten years, you know, even out yeah. a couple of my employees that I manage, you know, they've been there five huh. years already. They they announce it at the Christmas parties.
2: So does that kind of stuff matter to you? I mean, do you, does that, does that mean anything to you?
3: Me personally? Yes, I think so. You know, and, uh, you know, a lot of employees, they don't, they'll say to each other that they might not like it, but you know, when they talk to one another and then the other people tell me that, you know, they start bragging about it, but they won't tell the management. Yeah. So I, I think it does. I guess
2: you have to kind of pretend to be cool about it. Like, you know, you have to, especially when you're with your coworkers, you have to kind of play it off like, uh, you know, big deal or whatever. But yeah, maybe, maybe like in private, it kind of makes people feel good, you know? Yeah. Yep. And there's something to be said for that. Uh, Michael, thanks for the call. Appreciate your call. Um, how you make people feel m- matters. You know, and if you think about the investment of having the party or giving them a watch um it might actually be a really good trade off like for for what you're investing, the kind of loyalty you might build up, the kind of i don't know warmth you might build up or or, or camaraderie you might build up. Because we have gotten to the point in this economy where people, and you see, you're seeing more, you're seeing more work strikes and labor, you know, labor uh, organizers, and you're seeing the workplace become a little bit of a battlefield, right? People are fighting over whether they'll come back to the office or work remotely. People are fighting over uh, insurance benefits and cutting medical. And my company doesn't do dental anymore, and. You know, there's there, there's some there's some angst out there, and again, like I said before, there's also this issue of having trouble hiring people or retaining people, and it's really hard for small businesses because I, I know I have several friends and associates who run small businesses. They will hire and train someone, and then lose him or her to a competitor who's bigger and can pay a couple of bucks more. And, you know, no hard feelings, we understand why people do it, but now they're stuck with having to go back to the drawing board again. Maybe it's time to to start thinking about other ways you can make people feel valued and feel part of what you do besides just what you pay them per hour. And maybe there was a reason why companies for decades and decades gave the watches and did the recognition and threw a nice christmas party for you and your spouse to come and have a night out get a babysitter dude it up a little bit you know we tore a lot of fences down without understanding why they were put up we tore down a lot of practices and traditions before we understood that they actually had more value than we thought i'm i'm, I'm just throwing that out there you tell me what you think maybe maybe you think that's crazy or that's not the case 210 599 does your company do a Christmas bonus, a Christmas party, both or neither? Let's see, Joseph is next on the radio. Hi, Joseph. Okay, nope. Let's try David. David, you're on the radio.
8: Yes, sir. Yeah, hi, Jack. Nice to talk to you. Same here. So uh, does your company, company do company- either one of those? Uh we we do a version of all three, Jack. Our our employees uh they they get a bonus. Uh we have a Christmas luncheon uh that we cater for the employees and then uh they take the managers out uh for a nice steak dinner. We'll be we'll be going to Kirby's Steakhouse mm. uh and nice. rent out the room in the back and the spouses are coming so very blessed to, to work there.
2: Would you, if they, if they discontinued those things, would that matter to you?
8: Um, I mean, I'm kind of on the, uh, downhill slide, Jack, I've been there 33 <laughs> years. So it, 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 it would disappoint me, but I wouldn't yeah. quit over it.
3: <laughs> right, right.
8: But, uh, uh, I, I, I sure hope they continue to do it. And I, I don't, I don't see that, but you, you never know, you know, what can happen. Yeah. So.
2: Do you think those things have value?
8: oh absolutely and you you also mentioned a ten year bonus our company does that too yeah. uh they give you know a hundred dollars a year, so at five years you get five hundred and at ten years you get a thousand and so on so
2: very nice, very nice David thank you, thank you for the call and and don't think of it as going downhill. Think of it as wrapping up, right? You're taking the victory lap, right. <laughs>
8: That's it, yeah. Really All right, Christmas.
2: checkered flag coming your way. David, thank you for the call.
1: I'd like to spend this Christmas sitting by the fire with you. I'd like to spend this Christmas, babe, sitting by the fire with you. I'm so happy for the moment that we share the home.
2: We'll uh, kick off the weekend tomorrow on this show with the dish in our six o'clock hour. We'll be talking restaurants you can praise or zing. Your most recent restaurant experience does your Does your company take you out to a restaurant for a Christmas party or a holiday party, end of the year party, winter party, whatever they gotta call it to get it past HR? Uh, do you do you get a party? Do you get a bonus? Do you get both? Do you get neither? uh 210-599-5555 we're hearing from a lot of people who are getting a lot of uh perks so uh maybe they're not uh disappearing as fast as i thought they were uh marshall is on the radio hi marshall
6: hey jack so i have a relative that works at usaa and Mm. they used to have the biggest swind uh christmas parties every year they would load up a Mm -hmm. bus on saturday and they'd you know, drive the convention center or Henry Beer or wherever it was. And they'd have like Journey played one year, ARIO Speedwagon. They'd have this humongous Christmas party. My wife went with for one year. Um, mm. And then my own insurance company, we were really small. And they used to have, we would go to Fort Worth and have, you know, Christmas party because it was just a small, you know, 100 people, total employees. And then we got bought by this humongous bank out of, I think, Georgia. And those went away. <laughs> mm. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's very strange. But well, we used to get a uh, Christmas turkey sent to us in the mail. You know, when before wow. we were purchased, and our little pie, a uh, Christmas pie. You know, mm-hmm. sent sent to us. That all went away as soon as we got bought.
2: Do so, you think those things know, have has, have value? Do you think those things still matter?
6: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it makes you feel valued as an employee that that your employer employer actually cares about you and. You know, and and value you as as working for them. I think. I mean, my we were looked forward to. Like, you know, we one year we got like a um, a barbecue, like a chicken or a turkey that was already done. You know, we call it like they I don't, I don't know how they did, but they sent it was already come prepared. So my wife had to basically warm it up, and we're ready to go. So yep. that was one year for yep. Thanksgiving, and yep. she's like, "God, they saved me all this money having to go and buy a yeah. turkey." <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, I think stuff like I mean, look, away. you 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 still remember it? Uh, here you are talking about it and remembering it. That proves it had value.
6: Of course, I mean, and 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 we used to. Get, I mean, we used to get Christmas cards from the from when we were a smaller yeah. company. We would get birthday cards, anniversary. Hey, wow. you hit five years. Marshall, now here. I feel
2: bad asking the question. Now I feel like now I feel like I've depressed you because I've caused you to remember all the things that you used to yeah. have and you don't have anymore. I, I hope you yeah. won't hold it against me, but I but I think yeah. you're making the point that these are things that probably, for not a lot of money, do matter to people and maybe help you keep your good people.
6: For sure, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of turnover at our job anyway, um, mm-hmm. just because of the of the what we do. Um, but I think we're older people that work at this particular business, so we love yeah. that stuff. I
7: mean,
2: yeah. That's a great point. I miss it. Great point. Marshall, thank you, sir. Appreciate your call. Uh, Let me get Linda in here before we run out of time. Hi, Linda.
7: Hi. Um, We actually do both. We have a small Christmas party, usually Mm -hmm. just, just the workers, and we usually give them a Christmas bonus, however much we can afford, and then we give them the week off between Christmas and New Year's.
2: Very nice, very nice. It sounds like you're are you a manager or an owner?
7: Uh, I'm the owner's wife.
2: you're the owner's wife. Oh. so why do you why does you, why do you do this for your people what's the what's your thinking about why you do it?
7: Well, we're a small business, and like like you said, we think it means a lot to them. We hope it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It helps us retain people when they know they can take a week off at Christmas and not have to use their vacation time, that means yeah. a lot.
2: Yeah. I mean, I i think we've just lost this somehow, you know? And and mm-hmm. when, when people wonder why folks, and maybe not your folks, but a lot of folks in this economy, they jump from job to job, and they they only stay for a short time, and they feel nothing. Like, young people feel nothing about leaving a company and just jumping to another one. It's very you know, right. kind of business-like. But this is this is what's missing, that no one's ever really mm-hmm. done something for them that, like, stopped them in their tracks, you know?
7: Right. Yeah. And, we uh, have people coming back years later sometimes.
2: Really? So, you know, that, uh, that's, that that's impressive.
7: Too. That sure
2: mm-hmm. does. You're doing it right, Linda. Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you and everybody that called in on this. And you can continue to vote in the JR poll. It's at KTSA.com. You can also... Uh, always uh, hit the Jack Chat line. Uh, the Jack Chat line is always open, 210-599-5550. I feel like the uh, poll question today might have depressed some people. Um, not the people that called in. They seemed very happy. But like if you were listening to that and you worked somewhere where they you know, don't do squat, there's people calling into Jack's show. I get a party, and I get a check, and I get a turkey, and I get a... What the heck? I was fine until I heard that. I just, I did you know what they used to do? I can say this now because it was a previous owner. I couldn't have talked about this at one time, Don Cooper. or We both would have been on the uh, unemployment line. But remember we had the owner, uh, I think it was one or two owners ago of the radio station. Remember when they would give actual paychecks? Mm-hmm. Now everything's direct deposit, but when you would get an actual paycheck, and they would mm-hmm. staple to the paycheck, <laughs> <laughs> you already know. I already know where you're going. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they would staple to the paycheck. I'm not making this up. a A coupon, mm-hmm. not a gift certificate. Mm-mm. Like this is you could spend this on. Whatever, mm-hmm. it was a coupon for like if you bought a, a Denny's breakfast, you'd get, you know, a buck off or something. Right. I feel like if you're gonna do that, if that's your plan, don't do anything. Just give them the pay, give them the damn paycheck. <laughs> don't. That's worse than nothing. There's such a thing as worse than nothing. A coupon, is worse than
3: nothing. Well, the insult basically is you had to spend money just to. Get right. a few cents extra for something. Plus, you know. I don't
2: know. There was something about like <laughs> it was always like Denny's or McDonald's. They were like they, it was like they were telling you, we know that we're paying you so bad that this is where you're going. Right? I think water like we, we know is this is where you're eating anyway, so here. It's like a you if you bought a burger, you get a free small fry. Not not the large, but the small fry. <laughs> I would say though that probably I mean, I, lo- I loved our callers, and we'll see how the poll results turn out. But probably for most companies, the the history goes something like this. It, probably the best stuff was in the past, the, whether it was Christmas parties or um, catered events at the office, but, but either way. And then, like, the bonuses or the bonus structure or whatever. And then uh, probably over the years and you know i'm thinking of like the movie office space remember those two guys in office space that the consultants that come in and they're like tell us about what you do and um that was that that movie was a classic uh came out in the late 90s that movie's a classic because it is true because it it hits close to home and um basically at this point I think a lot of companies or managers or consultants or whatever believe that they have streamlined, you know, they've, they've, they've cut the fat and they've, uh, you know, simplified and streamlined the operation and we're not doing that stuff. Plus there's the whole war against Christmas. We don't want to say Christmas. We got to say winter party or what the hell ever. But, uh, I, I feel like eventually they're going to come around to realizing, Hey, maybe the stuff that Our predecessors did that we thought was extraneous and goofy and old-fashioned. Maybe that was helping them keep people. And we're having a hell of a time keeping people. Hmm. Maybe they were on to something there. Just saying. Well, the one caller that um, was was probably the most depressing is the one yeah sure we're getting a bonus and a party and then to yeah. add insult to to the whole thing yeah we, we're also yeah.
8: given a week off as well mm.
2: well she was she was the wife of the owner they were giving that to yes. their people mm-hmm. yeah that was nice mm-hmm. Very um nice. i don't know i mean it's different. every business is different and i'm not trying to tell anybody what to do but uh when i saw my friend's watch i just thought you know and he was the guy that you know, like i just to go back to the the story i told at the start a friend of mine sent me a picture of a watch that his company just gave him for 10 years of service. Let me tell you the the background. I don't think he would mind me saying this because I'm not going to reveal his name or the name of the company. He took that job not very happily. It wasn't really something he wanted to do. He needed to do it. He has not always been happy there. He's moved around a little bit in the company, like he's moved in, you know, departments. So this is not a rah rah guy. This is not some guy that's like, uh, you know, up with people. But it may, that watch, he I mean he sent me a picture of it. <laughs> I mean It was like, he was like bowled over. If you can impress, a, and he's a very good employee, I know this for a fact, if you can impress your employee that hey, you know what, we do notice you, we have noticed you, we, we, you're not a number to us, and we, we're glad you're here, and here's something. Um, I think that's a pretty good investment. You could you could spend a lot more money on HR BS and workshops and those you know team building retreats and all that other baloney that nobody wants to go to, or you could just do something that gives people the warm fuzzies. I'd go with the warm fuzzies if it was me. It was if I was making the decisions, which I'm not. Um, what did you think about uh, Hunter Biden yesterday? You know what occurred to me last night? Hunter Biden is that kid we knew in school whose daddy had either a political job or a lot of money, and he could act the way he did because he could get away with stuff that you and I, if we even tried it, would not get away with. You know he could have gone in there and testified because is, according to him his father has nothing to do with his business or he could have gone in there and taken the fifth and um said i'm not going to you know implicate myself when he stood outside the capitol and said uh in in response to the question where's hunter i'm here i'm ready I noticed not a single news organization or article made note of the fact that he said I'm here and I'm ready but he took no questions. I mean, ready for what? Ready to be cocky. Ready to be arrogant. He is that kid. He's the kid whose dad owns the biggest business in town or the family has the biggest house in town. And the stuff that you would get in trouble with, the penny-ante stuff we all do when you're young, he knew he'd never get touched for. I suspect that's how he grew up, if you think about Joe Biden's very long political career. And, and I I think that's who he now is. And um, it may work. I mean, look, like you heard Steve Hilbig say last hour, at the end of the day, they're not going to impeach Biden. Biden will be removed from office by either the voters next November or his health, not by the impeachment. And Hunter, well, Hunter has gotten away with it. There's not a question of will Hunter get away with it. Statutes of limitation are expiring as we speak. Legal experts who've looked at this case cannot make sense of the, of the, uh, government's management of it at all even even people that would be sympathetic to Democrats who are uh, lawyers and analysts look at this and they go we don't we don't know what they're doing so all that IRS whistleblower evidence all the the bank uh, records and the suspicious transaction notices and what have you all of the, he's getting away with it because he's the kid that always got away with it and um, I, there's a lot of ways people can take this. You know, we were talking last hour about, well, is there a, if you're the Republicans, is there a double edged sword here? Like if you start down this road, but you don't deliver, uh, aren't, aren't your, even your own base is going to be mad at you, right? I mean, they're going to say you got our hopes up. Uh, and then the other way of looking at that is, well, your base is going to insist that you do this. You've got to show them that you tried so but, but I'm also wondering if, because of the Trump impeachments and how ridiculous they were, if really the new expectation of an impeachment is that it's just it's just a fireworks show, you know I mean, a fireworks show is a lot of noise and light that produces nothing, and everybody who's in Oz. For about half an hour and then it's over. And by the time you get home, you've already forgotten about it. It's enjoyable in the moment, but it produces nothing. Maybe that's what impeachment is now in American politics. I'm not, don't get mad at me. I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying maybe that's what it is now. It's like a fireworks show. And you, you stage it for the entertainment of whoever you're appealing to. The Democrats had their fireworks show with Trump. Now it looks like the Republicans are going to have a fireworks show with Biden. Again, I am not suggesting that that there isn't wrongdoing. I think there's mountains of evidence. And I, I do want him held accountable. And I don't like the fact that not only Biden, but so many like him sell our country out. I don't care that they're rich. I don't care that they get rich in office. There's a lot of it I could I could look the other way on. But when they go in as thousandaires and they come out as multimillionaires, when they make the kinds of stock deals they make that are rotten, and most of all, when they sell access to our enemies, to countries that hate us, and undermine our military, and undermine our diplomats, and undermine our, our foreign policy, Uh, That I have a problem with. I mean, yeah, I know there's going to be graft and corruption and uh, funds are going to fall into their pockets and it's going to be both parties. I get all that. I'm not sure we can do much about it because no country's ever found a system to completely eliminate that. But the smirk on this kid's face, it's it's grating on me, you know? And, And he's really the symbol of a big, big problem. And of course, to cap it off, the cherry on top of the sundae, they keep referring to what he does as a business, which every single person right now who actually works or owns a business or built a business or invented something. How insulting to you. Call what this guy does a business.
1: is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikilikimaka is a wise way To say Merry Christmas to you When I was a kid, I thought he was saying, because
2: I hear this song all the time, You know, I thought he was saying it was a wife's way of saying Merry Christmas. That your wife would say, Melikilikimaka. It's Hawaii's way. Apparently it was hard of hearing as a kid, too. Didn't just start recently. Jack Riccardi, by the way, if you've uh, ever heard it before and wondered, will it happen again? Our annual... Worst Christmas song of all time show is this coming Tuesday night in the six o'clock hour. And you're saying, well, Jack, it's, it's the worst Christmas song. Why an hour? It, we have to get you ready for it. It's like when you're having a, you know, a surgical procedure, right? You, you get out of the car, you park the car, you walk in. They don't just start operating any there at the front desk. They prep you. We prep you for this song. Is that right, Don? I mean, we—well,
3: it's a fair can't warning. Take it just you all
2: know, at once, they mm-hmm. need a little setup. Yeah. Yeah, It's—it's kind of like uh, if there's a, a tornado somewhere, and it's coming into your city. You, there you go. You have warnings. You have warning. We work mm-hmm. up to it, so yeah. you, we're going to yeah. work up to it or work down to it, maybe as the case may be. <laughs> uh, so that'll be Tuesday in our six o'clock hour. Um, if you think this is the worst radio show you've ever heard, that hour could be the worst hour you've ever heard. <laughs> It's breaking news. Um, the the uh, staff for the mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, is apologizing tonight. Taking heat for sending out an invitation to a Christmas party. Well, first of all, it was a holiday party because if it had been a Christmas party, good grief. We'd have to have a national conversation. The invitation read, on behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you and a guest to the Electeds of Color Holiday Party on December 13th, 5.30 p.m. at the Parkman House. It's a very nice, very, very nice place in Boston. Uh Please let us know if you plan to attend and if you have any dietary restrictions. Uh The email was apologized for within minutes. But not because it was racially exclusive. Instead, because it had inadvertently been sent to, uh I guess, electeds of white. By the way, electeds is not a word and shouldn't be a word. You can't even say it. Electeds. Electeds of color. So, basically, we want to have a holiday party. We want only people of color, and we don't consider white a color. We want we want everybody there, but but the Anglo's, the whiteies, the wasps. Who needs them? They're no fun anyway. They can't dance. Their music stinks. They apologized, but they apologized for sending it out to everybody instead of only the electeds of color. Um, Is this progress? Is this like, we you know, we made it and we're here and now you got to deal with us? I was saying earlier, I, I do believe there are people who think that when you get to the top of the mountain, part of the fun is lording it over the people that aren't there, looking down on people below you. You know, there's a, I forget how it goes exactly, but there's an old saying about lifeboats. There are people that get into the lifeboat and then turn and reach out to help the next person behind them into the lifeboat too. And then there are other people who pull up the ropes and go, we've got enough people in this lifeboat, stay out. And I don't know who we have more of, but this is that thinking that Now that I've made it, screw you. And she is supposed to have... uh, Her people have said, um, by the way, we were going to have other parties and we were going to have more inclusive parties. And I'm not... Look, she's probably not a horrible person, Michelle Wu. She has a great life story. Seems like a smart person. She did go to Harvard, so she's trying to overcome that. But I... I guess what I and I and I understand, I do, that there are people that are getting their comeuppance and you know, all that. But um I guess we should just be honest about it. If the idea is that when the people that were at the bottom get to the top, they're gonna make it hell for the people they Passed on the way up or the people they think held them down or the group, maybe not the exact people, but you know, if you're a white person, you may not have oppressed, but your kind oppressed, right? Why don't we just be honest about it? Hey, you know, if you put us in office, there's going to be a lot of evening the score. I mean, I got to admit, for all his faults, Trump tells you it's going to be a, it's going to be a vengeful presidency, right? He tells you there's no pretending otherwise. And maybe that's just how it should be. And again, I don't think this is most people. I really don't. I, I don't think most people, when they achieve their dream or overcome adversity, I, I don't think it is their first inclination to say, oh, I'm going to screw over somebody else the way I was once screwed over. But but there are people who do. must have been a really fun party. It sounds like... <laughs> It sounds like a bunch of people standing around with their arms crossed. We showed them. Let's let's stand here with our drinks and think about the people that aren't here. wonder what they're doing right now. I mean, it misses the entire point. It really does. But then again, maybe we went wrong when we stopped calling it a Christmas party. You ever think about that? Like... When you when you go from Christmas party to holiday party, from Merry Christmas to Happy Holidays, and now we we can't even say that. Now we're saying it's it's a winter party, it's an end of year celebration, it's a winter uh you know, winter event. Um you know, you kind of the more you genericize it or sterilize it, I guess the colder it gets, you know? It doesn't doesn't feel like it's a wonderful life anymore, does it? I don't know. I I I've, I'm, I have to admit, I've never been in the situation. I'm not a, obviously, I'm not a person of color. I have never been in the situation of of being an oppressed person or belonging to an oppressed group. The only thing I can liken this to, and I'm not saying it's exactly the same, is that when I started out in my business in my field. I was the lowest of the low on the totem pole. You know, I've I've talked about this before. I'm not ashamed of it. Did what I had to do. Took whatever job I could get. Worked wherever I could work. And was very grateful for anything and everything I was able to get. And then later on when I had some success, I think I've had some. um, And I'm not a particularly good person. I'm not saying that I am or I'm a saint or anything i found it really satisfying i found it really enjoyable to encourage young people in in broadcasting who reminded me of me when i was starting out and the last thing that would ever occur to me was enjoying or being satisfied about excluding them or blowing them off i i i, I I guess that is satisfying to some people. We're going to listen in on the Jack Chat line here. This is the number that you can call when you're listening to the podcast or even during the live show. If you want to just leave a quick comment, like a voice message kind of comment, um, you call 210-599-5550. You leave your first name, your city, or town, and your comment on the Jack Chat line.
4: Hey, Jack, this is Alan from Spring Branch. I was listening to the news today, and there's some uh, public service announcement. I'm not sure if it's a nationwide one or a Texas one. How the, the energy grid is experiencing higher than normal volumes, and we need to cut back, and yeah. you know, blah blah blah. The normal message. Well, first of all, I'm not really sure it's experiencing higher than normal averages. You know, every, the population's growing, so I assume the demand's the same per person, but it's just our population's growing but it just mm-hmm. kind of goes to show the way our government operates. They collect all this money day after day and they do nothing with it other than spend it on their entitlement programs while everything just goes to ruins whether it's a war or it's the energy grid or it's the homeless population like every it, it takes it takes an act where it just gets to the level that it just completely breaks down before the government does anything. Anyway, so mm. just wanted to get your thoughts
2: yeah, um agreed. I think it was a month or two ago we had the statistics that showed, and it was actually even a graph, which of course doesn't work on radio, but he's, he's right. The energy usage increase is exactly proportionate to the population of Texas increase. So whenever you hear somebody trying to run a line of jive on you about, We're using more energy or we're straining our grid. No. It is simply, and they could see it coming. I mean, when people are coming here, you can predict that. You can see that. You can project that. You can plan for that. And we didn't. And instead of building out a grid like a state that is welcoming a lot of people into its midst, which is a great thing, We've kept the same grid, only we've reduced it. We've made it more green and renewable and less reliable. And then, yeah, he's right. They have the gall to come to us and go, Hey, you got to cut back. You people, you wastrels, uh, or we're going to have brownouts. No, no, you guys are reducing our capacity and bragging about it. Cop 28. And our population as a state is growing. I mean, maybe you can pull off the green stuff in the states that are hemorrhaging people, but you can't do that here. Not when people are moving here. Anyway, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, managing scarcity, that's what passes for leadership these days. All right, next on the Jack chat line.
8: Uh
0: Jack, calling about yesterday's podcast. Uh, this is Henry from St. Joe, Michigan. And I think this whole Ukraine-Soviet Union thing... Uh, I think they should just. We should invite both of them to join the NATO forces, and then we should just all get together and put China away. Um, Mm. Hey, I love your show. Keep it up, man. You're you're a patriot.
2: Can't say I'm uh, looking forward to that uh, global war on China, but yeah, I mean it's. um, I think what Henry was reacting to was we were talking about the 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 danger of a world where you, by by virtue of the way you act as the United States, you wind up driving Russia and China together. And pretty much every American president since what would you say? Maybe since Nixon has thought either we've got to have parallel policies on both of them well, we've got to pull one away from the other, and now we're driving them together, and we can't—we can't do that. Uh, it's like it's like you know the Ghostbusters don't cross the streams. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know about—I don't know about making everybody a member of NATO because <laughs> I'm still wondering why we have like like Trump. I'm still wondering why we have NATO. Uh, Thirty years after the fact. All right, another one on the Jack Chat line.
3: Hey, Jack. This is Jake from San Antonio, complaining about why does the San Antonio PD and Bear County Sheriff, for that matter, allow these record drivers that are rushing to an accident drive like there's no tomorrow. They're reckless. They change lanes. They don't care about your safety. All they want to do is get to a crash site so they can get their share of a pickup and get their commission. It's preposterous what's going on and how how this is allowed in San Antonio. I almost got hit just five minutes ago on Mm I-10, and all it was was somebody rushing to an accident Mm -hmm. to go pick up some junk. And it's not like the the accident scenes are cleared in two minutes that it really makes a difference. But anyway, that's my gripe for the day.
2: All right. Well, Jake, I'm glad you're okay. Um, sorry that happened to you. Uh, don't forget, you can hit the Jack Chat line, 210-599-5550. And, you know, as we get them, we play them. And when we don't play them, it's because we don't got them. Southwest Airlines, being praised by plus-size TikTokers for a customer-of-size policy. Overweight passengers can request a complimentary seat And the flight staff must accommodate larger flyers. They will even, if necessary, um, uh, basically cancel the flights of people with tickets. Uh, Caroline, a travel influencer who says she is a size 20, told her nearly 200,000 followers in a TikTok, if you're fat, you know the anxiety of flying, and this alleviates it a lot. I had a very comfortable flight feeling like I was allowed to take up the space I needed. Under the Southwest policy, customers whose bodies encroach past the armrest are entitled to an extra seat at no additional cost. Passengers have the option of purchasing just one seat and then discussing their seating needs with the customer service agent at the departure gate. The flight team will then look at the seating arrangements, which are not predetermined on Southwest flights, And potentially move other passengers around for the unplanned accommodation. Hmm. So I had not heard about that. That seems like a major change. I understand, uh, looking at this from the standpoint of the plus size traveler, but I wonder how it would feel to have your flight canceled. You're, you're ready to go and they tell you, oh, you're going to have to take a later flight because we're giving your seat which you already had ticketed we're giving your seat to somebody who needed another seat like that doesn't seem like a <laughs> that does not seem like a solution that seems like just moving the deck chairs around on the titanic right anyway i don't think there's a good answer to this one we've talked about this before um other than if you if you need two seats, you need to buy two seats. I, I don't think there's a better answer for that. This doesn't seem like it, but we'll see what happens. Southwest Airlines. New policy. By the way, Oprah is uh, in the news tonight. Oprah lost 80 pounds and she um, didn't she lose weight before? I think she lost a bunch of weight one other time, didn't she? Or she's had fluctuation of her weight. But anyway, she um, is defending her use of Ozempic to lose the weight. She says people shouldn't criticize her for doing that. Obesity is a disease. It's not about willpower. It's about the brain. And um she's let go of shame. She didn't disclose specifically which one she's using, but people assume it's Ozempic. I, I wish her well as somebody else who's lost weight. I, I, I do wish her well. I always think when I hear people lose it this way, that I wonder if it will take, like I wonder if they can keep it off. I, I, I'm i not an expert. I'm not giving any advice, medical or otherwise. I I think you have to put in the work to keep it off. And I feel like if you don't, you won't. So I hope I'm wrong, and I hope she keeps it off. All right, on the JR Poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, does your company do a Christmas bonus, a Christmas party, both or neither? Uh, the results as follows. 59% said neither one. 18% said we get a bonus. 12% said we get a party. And 10% said we get both. And we'll have a new JR Poll question tomorrow when we get started here at 4 live on the radio. You can also find the JR Poll anytime at KTSA.com uh, where you can also find this show as an on-demand podcast. Whole episode podcasts are uh, available for you to listen wherever and whenever you want. Just go to KTSA.com, pull down the on-demand menu or look for the Jack Riccardi Show podcast in the places you like to get your other podcasts. I was reading that... Um, there's a Dorito-flavored um, liquor, <laughs> which, I mean, we've all, I think, asked ourselves over the years, when are they going to come out with this? Well, it's, it's finally here. We really are building back better. Um, popular chip company working with Empirical on a collab that just came out this week. It's Doritos Nacho Cheese Spirit. So now you can make yourself sick and throw up with just one thing rather than combining two. Perfect holiday
3: gift. Don't don't get me Annie. I'm uh, I'm all set. I'm all stocked up. See you back here tomorrow at four.